the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one deb hutton is here former advisor to two ontario premiers jerry agar host of the jerry agar show from 10 to noon right here on the mighty 1010 scott reed is here cdb political commentator former advisor to prime minister paul martin and very excited i think about baseball today is scott reed here no i am i'm muted it's everyone's hope for dream i can't speak even though i'm trying to um i'm very pumped i you know there's this report that otani was uh, at the jays winter facility working out like that's a good sign man i don't want to get like delirious here but maybe we can land the whale isn't he friends with kikuchi Yes. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> people, Sorry. Okay, simmer down, Mr. Anti-Japanese. No. It's not World War II. Um, <laughs> Racist but talk they say show host ways in. That's a factor. I just think it's they sound like a boy band. But anyway, let's keep moving. Okay, so uh, Bonnie Crombie. Uh, I love how Robert Benzi writes this up. Uh, Bonnie Crombie is, uh, let's see, what time is that? Oh, yes. In a fundraising appeal to donors Monday afternoon, the Tories said, Bonnie lives a lavish lifestyle, flying in private jets, riding shotgun in Maseratis, wearing Rolexes, and vacationing at her home in the Hamptons. It's very lifestyles of the rich and famous, isn't it? Uh, Deb Hutton, is that damaging? Uh, you know, it's probably not the first thing that I would uh, put out as a brand on Bonnie Crombie, but here's the thing. We're not talking about affordability. We're not talking about housing this morning. The four of us aren't talking about um, the green belt. We're talking about Bonnie Crombie. So, A, it probably raises some money, which was the whole point of this missive. And, B, it means she's coming out of the gate, and this is what we're talking about on a Tuesday morning. Jerry Yeager, I didn't even check out her watch when I saw her yesterday. Well, here's the thing with that. I really don't care. I don't think it would change uh, my position if uh, she's successful or has successful friends who drive Maseratis and let her ride shotgun. Uh, That's okay. It's interesting that her response, though, was a little disingenuous. She said, well, I don't own a car. They didn't say she owned a car. They said she rides shotgun in Maserati. It's like she hangs out with rich people, I guess is what they're saying. Here's all I want to know. And then then we can all make a decision as to whether we care or not. Is that the truth? Does she, in fact, fly around on private jets? Why? Where's she going? Uh, and I guess her home is not in the Hamptons. It's on Long Island. But yes. Okay. Uh, Joe will pick a fight with you over the geography. Oh, oh, okay. But all I want to know is when one politician says something about another politician, first of all, is it true? Yeah. Okay. Well, Scott Reed, let it not be forgotten. Doug Ford owns three properties. Scott Reed, yep. are you muted again? Yes. Okay. No, no. All of a sudden, you just dropped off. I thought, like, man, this is, I'm, I'm no damn good today. I thought you were uh, continuing to say something else. He owns three properties and he's a multimillionaire. So, yeah. But I also don't think that matters. As a rebuttal, that doesn't matter. Doug Ford's brand is firmly established. He's the working class, slap your back uh, kind of guy. That's the way he's been able to position himself. So I see liberals countering this, saying, oh, what about Doug Ford? That's not going to, you're, You're fighting on losing ground. I think the interesting thing about this is that the conservatives have decided to come out of the shoot hard, immediately firing at her. Now, this is just fundraising. So will they up the ante? Will they, for example, take up millions of dollars in advertising space? Will we turn on CP24 and find that there's an anti-Crombie ad on then or during Hockey Night in Canada? And the reason I say I think it's interesting is on the one hand, why not stomp her when you can with the money you have? On the other hand, it does signal to everybody that she's the she's the one. 
that she is the lone opponent and this sort of split between the NDP and the uh and the liberals, it sort of forgoes that. And that's what's really benefited them. So I think they have to be careful about also boosting her profile and signaling that she's the lone opposition candidate that they care about. Also, if they're going to take out attack ads, radio should be their chosen medium, I think. Here, here. Let's move on Absolutely. to the lawsuit that uh, Uber is filing against the city of Toronto. I don't know if you heard the spokesperson for Uber. She mapped out their legal case. Part of it is just that they were ambushed by this. They didn't even see it coming. Apparently, it walked onto the council floor and was presented and passed in one day. So how does a company respond to that? But, Jerry, are you sympathetic? To who? Uber. Yeah, uh, because I, I believe in competition and I think government should stay out of it as much as possible. I don't know why the government wants to uh, limit competition. I mean, there, there are a lot of licenses out there, but limiting competition actually drives up price. And the mayor admits that. I don't know if she knows she admitted it. But she said, well, this will just make it more affordable for the Uber drivers, meaning you'll pay more for an Uber ride. Uh, co- consumers are always better off the more competition there is. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a, a restriction on free trade, so to speak. Scott Reed, I was saying earlier in the show, this is very much about the philosophy of what government power is. And in Olivia Chow's case, she thinks it's to make sure people make a decent living. Uh, Yeah, that could be. Um, I'm not certain it actually has that effect. Um, And I do think that, you know, we're kind of in a world where I think sometimes governments feel like, well, uh, you know, this is an enemy brand, so we can do anything we want in any way we want. And if they want to pursue this policy, I still think they have some obligation to walk in through the front door, do it openly, telegraph that they're going to do it, permit there to be a debate and a rebuttal. Uh, and then if they want to pass it, that's fine. But uh, to sort of tuck it in here quick, um, it feels a little bit like, well, let me put it this way. When you do something, uh, when, you, when you do something sneaky, it, uh, it sort of tells people that uh, that you're not proud of it. Deb Hutton. This is about the taxi lobby, guys. That's what this is about. You can you can wrap it up in living wage all you want, but this is about the very strong taxi lobby that has existed in this city, quite disgustingly, quite frankly, for decades. And as a result, uh, those of us who, who find ourselves taking uh, transportation on occasion, particularly in the Christmas season, and who choose to take a, a hired car, have le- will have less choice, less convenience, because they're taking away competition. And I'll tell you, there were a whole bunch of stories, John, that I, I looked at today for our, our discussion, and my, my less than perfect analy- uh, analysis of them was dumb. And this is dumb. What did you mean, Scott, when you called Uber the enemy brand? <laughs> I think that there are some brands like Uber, um, you know, Lob some of the tech streaming companies with whom I have differences. Pardon me? Loblaws. Yeah, like there's some brands and maybe justifiably, but I think, you know, there's an attitude among regulators and policymakers that, look, no one likes these guys anyway, so we can do anything we want with them. We can slop them in public. We can uh, we can sneak up behind them and and we won't pay a price for treating them unfairly. If we treated somebody else unfairly, maybe we'd be called out on it. So that's what I mean. They regard it as an enemy brand with whom they can get away with doing anything. And and like I said, I'm not championing all those brands. Some of them are crap brands because they've acted crappily toward people. But as government, you still have an obligation to be honest and straightforward and transparent. Yeah, well, they're wrong uh, because Uber wouldn't be as uh, Uber successful as it is and wouldn't instantly have been as successful as it is if the public thought of them as an enemy brand. Here's what I think is happening. 
I was having a conversation when this first started with a young man who had become an Uber driver at an event, and we were talking, and some politician, I forget who it was, walked up and started, you know, with that, well, I understand that this is the future, but it has to be regulated. And I, this was, you know, kind of the attitude of the thing, and I said, you know what, he and I both have a phone, and he has a car, and we could connect over those phones, and he can give me a ride. Where do you fit in? That's what they don't like. They don't fit in. James Pasternak, city councillor, was on with us earlier in this hour speaking against the appearance tonight of a man named Norman Finkelstein. He's an American author and political scientist, and he's extraordinarily critical of Israel, even though he's the son of Holocaust survivors and is Jewish. Um, I get the fine point here, and Deb, I'll start with you, where James Pasternak says this is a public space, this is funded by the taxpayers, why doesn't he just go speak somewhere else? But I've never been a big fan having our own Christy Blatchford been victimized by this, of people trying to shut down appearances by controversial speakers. Yeah, and I agree with you on that, John. And here's why I'm a bit torn about it, because I I do think uh, a public library is a good venue for that as long as there's balance. The problem I have with this, though, is that his commentary, so this was set before October 7th, before the Hamas attack on Israel. And in that time frame, I would have had the view you just expressed. But on October 7th, what he put out there as his social media uh, response was disgusting. And so I can't come on radio and say Sarah Jama should be out of NDP caucus. I can't say Fred Hahn should be fired, as I've done in both those cases, and not agree with Pasternak in this specific situation. Yeah, and for the record, what uh, Deb is referring to, Scott Reed, is his comparison to uh, the Warsaw Ghetto uprising during the Holocaust and during the Second World War. He says the Palestinians raiding Israel and killing 1,200 people was basically the same thing. Yeah, and I have a lot of trouble with that. Um, look, I, this, I'm like Deb. This tears me in a couple different directions. Um, the line to me is pretty clear. When someone traffics in hate speech, uh, when it goes beyond freedom of speech, uh, then I think you got to shut it down. I'm not sure he's right. He's right on that line uh, with those comments. Um, I think that is an incredibly distasteful, incorrect, factually incorrect, historically inaccurate comparison. And it suggests that terrorists are freedom fighters. It suggests that terrorists, the terrorist acts of October 7th are justified and that's that's the line of argumentation that I think means that we ought not to provide a forum for the guy and um, if it but for that if it was just his general anti Israel statements as much as I may not agree with them uh, then I don't think I would want to stop him but the fact that he's really trafficking in anti-semitism and falsehoods that to me means you got to draw the line I'm less uh, concerned about controversial speakers for the same reason that John articulated. If you try to shut down the speaker you disagree with, pretty soon they'll be shutting down the speaker you do agree with. Um, so I'd rather have the, the messiness of uh, free speech. But I don't like being dragged into it with my tax dollars in a city that's bleeding money. I don't understand why this is something that's paid for by tax dollars. In fact, the library system shouldn't be hiring speakers at all uh, for, for that reason. We're broke. Uh, The Speaker of the House of Commons seems to be in a bit of trouble because he appeared in a video to pay tribute to the outgoing interim leader of the provincial liberals, John Fraser, and the Speaker shot that video while wearing his Speaker's robes. Uh, I I appreciate that this is a very fine point, but Scott Reid, I don't think it speaks very well of, well, the Speaker. No, it doesn't. It's wrong. 
And it was wrong of him to do it. It was wrong of him to defend it and to try to rationalize it and blow off all the criticisms of it as just, in effect, he was saying, oh, that's just partisan clap, clap trap. It, it's it's taking it too far to suggest that he should resign. He shouldn't resign. Um, but he shouldn't have done it. Uh, it was flat out wrong. And, and he knows that. Jerry Agar, who ever thought we'd spend this much time talking about speakers and controversial behavior? Usually they just wear the tricorn hat and keep moving. Sure, but they actually have some power. And uh, this is no different than a police officer, an off-duty police officer, deciding to go to uh, some kind of rally or something and support one side wearing the uniform. You can't do that. Military people can't do that. Um, and so it, I don't think there's anybody who can defend him except, what, himself? Like, it's uh, he doesn't qualified to be speaker if he doesn't get this. Deb Hutton, is this disqualifying? Well, I'm with Scott. It, it's wrong. It's it's indefensible. But I don't think this is a resignable offense. The problem with it, first of all, the speaker's job's not a new one in this country, folks. Like, the rules are pretty clear. <laughs> it's not like we're making them up as we go in 2023. But it it's about judgment. And if your judgment says this is okay, particularly on the heels of a previous uh, speaker scandal, like that's a problem for the person who is using his or her judgment in our parliament. Again, I don't think he should resign, but man, he's got to learn to keep his mouth shut outside of the chamber. Thank you all. Good to have you. Scott Reed, incidentally, is hosting The Rush this afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m. My thanks to Scott, Deb Hutton, and Jerry Agar. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.